Good morning, church. Whether you are with us here in person or online, I want to say welcome. And I want to tell you something. I want you to know that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. 2021 is a new year, right? And I want to start with the end of the Word of God. So I'm going to ask you to do something that you may not typically do with me, um, but I want to ask you to, to grab your Bible, get your Bible app out, or look up on the screen, and I would, I would invite you to stand with me as we start by just simply reading Scripture together. So would you just stand where you are and read this with me? A verse from Revelation chapter 22. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves to practice falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. Father, I just thank you for your word and how it convicts and how it motivates. And may your word ring true today that you are coming and you invite us to come. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome to 2021, right? Uh, every year we start new. Um, I learned just a few years ago, which is crazy. Uh, it shows how ignorant a human can be um, without really recognizing all the meticulous things happening. Um, that every year we start a new trip around the sun. How many of you knew that? It takes 365 days to make one lap on this earth around the sun. Right now in this moment, we are traveling approximately 67,000 miles an hour to make one trip around the sun. We have an incredible creator, don't we? Because you and I are just sitting here today, not bothered by the speed that our earth is moving, um, but we have an incredible creator, and we're on a new trip around the sun, and I think Jesus today has an invitation for us on this lap. 
If you're like me, 2021 is going to bring new invitations, right? How many of you are gonna have a birthday this year? Let's admit it, right? Everyone's having a birthday. Um, you're probably going to invite someone to your birthday party. I have a three-year-old, so we're gonna celebrate with a birthday party. We're gonna send out invitations. You may or may not get one to my three-year-old's birthday. Take no offense, I just don't want your germs. Um, but the truth is that we're gonna receive invitations, right? Um, how many of you, anyone getting married this year, 2021, online or in person here? I know that there are people wed, pledged to be married. We're gonna send out invitations, right? Invitations are a part of our daily lives. And this morning, Jesus has an invitation for us, and it comes from the text in Revelation 22. And it's an invitation to come, to enter Christ's rest, and to join him in restoration. The invitation is on the table today. And it's an invitation that you and I must respond to, right? Because even if I invite you to my three-year-old's birthday party, you have no other obligation. You are now responsible to respond. Even if you choose not to respond by sending back your RSVP, if you just throw it in the trash, you've, in essence, responded. Because anytime an invitation is given, there is a responsibility to respond. Even if you think you're going to not and you passively decide to ignore that invitation, you've responded. And many of us choose that very thing. I feel like the one thing that the church lacks today is the word responsibility. Because it's a word we don't like to hear, right? Even as kids, we hate responsibility because there's something placed on us that we necessarily didn't choose. But as a father, I am now responsible for my child's well-being. Not every father chooses that responsibility, but it is in their plate to respond to. So every invitation requires a response. And this morning, the invitation that Jesus gives you and I as the church requires a response as well. You see, Jesus invites us to enter his rest and to join him in restoration. At the end of that passage in Revelation 22, verse 17, um, we see uh, the invitation. And in verse 17, it starts with, the spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to take the free gift come. The invitation and the response are the same. Come. You see, we learned a few things from the text here. We learned that the, the invitation is first vertical. The come says that the spirit and, and the bride the Holy Spirit and the church, we, uh, we are the church. The Spirit and the bride say, 
come. It's a vertical come. They're calling out to Jesus, come. We're tired. We're weary. We're tired of the injustice. We're tired of, of the circumstances. Jesus, just come back. We know that you've promised something. If you were here last week or you listened in online last week, the promise was that every tear will be wiped away. There will be no more mourning. Death will be no more. And God will dwell with his people. So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the church are calling out, come, Jesus. We want that. And I'm guessing that you and I collectively want that. So that the first response, the first come, the first invitation is the church calling down come. It's the vertical come. And then there's a horizontal come. Because it goes on to say, and let the one who hears say, come. Those who have heard the message of Jesus, those who have believed he is the Savior, their response is a horizontal calling to the world around them, come, there's more to life than what you experience right now, than what your circumstances may be telling you right now. Come. The text reveals that there is a, an unsatisfied thirst in every human this side of heaven. It says, let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. There's an unsatisfied thirst in every human. And the answer is there's a free gift that will forever satisfy. It is the gift of the living water. You and I have an opportunity to satisfy the thirst within us, and it's with the living water that Jesus offers. It is free to anyone who says, I believe. But it came with a cost. It may be free to me. It may be free to you. If you're online, it's free to wherever you are in your household. But it came at a great cost because behind me and maybe potentially around your neck today is a cross. And it cost Jesus everything. And when we understand the cost, the responsibility that comes isn't so heavy anymore because it's not a negatively motivated responsibility, but it's an inspired desire to tell the world around us to come, fill your unsatisfied thirst with the living water. It's free to you, but it costs Christ everything. You see, everyone who calls Christ Savior enters his rest and joins him in restoring the world around them. The invitation on the table today is to enter God's rest and to join him in the restoration work 
that he wants to do. And I want to take you on a journey back into the Gospel of John. And if you have your Bible or if you're on your phone, flip back to John chapter 7. Because I want to help illustrate this, this point for you that there's an invitation on the table. And it's not a new invitation. It's the one that Jesus gave when he walked the earth. And it's the one that he says to you and I this very day as we stand, sit, drink our coffee in our recliners, whatever we may be doing right now. And in John chapter 7, we find Jesus at a festival. It's called the Festival of Tabernacles. It was a week-long celebration, but we find Jesus not ready to go. In the beginning of John chapter 7, Jesus is, is told by his followers, let's go, come on, we got to go to the festival. And he says, no, I really don't want to, because I know they want to arrest me. I know they don't like me. And Jesus' blood brothers in John chapter 7 question who he says he is. And then we find that Jesus is not only questioned by his brothers, but the crowd around him is questioning his motives. So much so that they, at one point while he is teaching, call him demon-possessed. So we find that Jesus is at this festival. He's being thrown this disregard as to what he is teaching about, and the religious leaders are seeking to arrest him in this very moment. And Jesus who's portrayed as this meek, mild lamb, right? Wants to get a point across. And in chapter 7, verse 37, we see Jesus, and it says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, the festival's ending, he knows the crowd's about to leave, Jesus stood and said in a loud Voice. I wish I could yell right now, but I'm mic'd up, so I, I don't want to blow any eardrums out. But in a loud voice, he knew that this mattered, that he wanted the crowd to get this before they left. And he said this, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Because whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them the invitation is to come to Jesus because he is the thirst quencher. Jesus gives us rest because we enter into a relationship with him, not because he changes all of our circumstances, not because our fear of yesterday necessarily goes out the window, not because, you know, that the thing going on in my household has shifted. No, because I am now in a relationship with the Father through Jesus. Jesus offers rest today for those who come drink the living water. And the result of those who have come in this text is that that living water that entered them begins to flow out of them. Jesus never calls anyone to stay where they are, though he walks where they are. He calls them on. And that living water that you and I take in, which is the Holy Spirit that now indwells those who believe in Jesus, is overflowing out of us. We become a part of his restoration to the world. But first you have to come in order 
to say, come. You see, we are called because God is calling someone else. There's a pastor that I follow on social media named Robbie Gallaty, and he often says, the gospel came to me because it was going to someone else. How selfish could we be, church, to hold on to the gospel, the one hope of the nations, and not let that overflow out of us to the world around us. The gospel came to you, and it came to me because it was coming and going to someone else. And we get to enter Jesus' rest and join him in his restoration. Everyone who calls Christ Savior enters that rest and simultaneously joins him in his restoration. I want to take you to another story in John chapter 4. If you have your Bible, it's not going to be up on the screen. But the question is, so what about you? What about you? Have you entered Christ's rest? <laughs> and if you have, then are you joining him in the restoration process that he calls every believer to? And you, like me, <laughs> may be playing through your head all of the reasons why you can't enter that rest, why you don't deserve that rest why you once had that rest, but now because of this mistake, it's no longer mine. You may be playing through yesterday. You may be playing through last week, last year, and the failures, the guilt, the shame, whatever it may be that, that Satan is telling you you're disqualified from. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus is coming and he's for you. He's for you, church. If there's one thing that Jesus believes in, it's you. We're often asked, well, what, what do you believe, right? Well, there was a moment in my life when I was questioning God, like, God, what do you believe in? If you consistently ask me what I believe in, and he pointed me and took me to my knees when I saw the cross, and he said, I believe in you so much, church, that I'm willing to risk it all for you with the possibility that you choose me. Because you may not, but I believe in you enough that I'm for you. I'm gonna prove it to you on the cross. So if you, like me, are playing through some of the reasons why you are disqualified to enter God's rest once again, I want to take you into the story of John chapter 4. And in John chapter 4, we find Jesus tired from a long journey. He was supposed to be heading to Galilee, going around a town called Samaria, because Jews like himself weren't even supposed to associate with those in Samaria. And I often think that I would be in Samaria if I was living during the time that Jesus lived. And Jesus in John chapter 4 
we pick up in verse 4. It says, Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar. Near a plot of ground, Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the journey, sat down at the well. And it was noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus, sitting at her well, said to her, will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews don't associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where can I get living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob, who has given us this well and drank from it himself, as did also some of his sons and livestock? And Jesus answered her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty again and have to keep coming back here. And Jesus told her to go call your husband and come back. And her head drops, and her shoulders sag. Because the voice in her head of disqualification begins to ring through again. And she says, I have no husband. Jesus says to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman says, I can see that you are a prophet and our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replies, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know, and we worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jew, yet the time is coming, and now has come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. 
the woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, called the Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declares, I, the one speaking to you, am he. The fact is that Jesus showed up at noon to a place he shouldn't have been. Speaking to a woman where socially and culturally he should not have spoken to. A woman in the world's standards disqualified from all good, even from her own people. You see, not even the regular Samaritan women would come out at noon. She came out at noon because her shame told her to hide. And her guilt told her not to go where people are. Do you want to know the beautiful thing? Jesus sat at her well. And Jesus sits at yours because he sat at mine. Jesus dealt with her past and gave her a seventh chance. She said she had five husbands, and the one she was with today isn't even her husband, which is six. And Jesus says, I don't even care if you've had 12 husbands. I'll give you a seventh chance. I want to give you the living water. I want you to enter my rest. When the world tells you you are disqualified, Jesus tells you, no, you're not. You can still enter God's rest. Today, you can enter his rest, even if it's the seventh time. You see, on this day, I truly believe that this woman entered Christ's rest because the rest of her story is the response that Revelation 22 says will happen when you enter his rest. It says that for those who have heard the word and believed the word, and in, in, the, in the Bible times, the words hear and believe are, are simultaneously used a lot. Those who have heard and believed, those who have come will say, come. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the very reason she came to the well, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way toward him. And in verse 39, it says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay and he stayed two days, and because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, 
We no longer believe just because of what you've said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man is really the savior of the world. Do you see that this woman came? She stepped into the invitation and she didn't shy away from the responsibility of joining God in the restoration of her town. No, she went back. And what did she say to them? Come. Come on. Come on. I've got five husbands. The one I've got now isn't my husband, but there's something better. My thirst has been quenched. The one has entered rest with me is here, and he offers it to you. He's calling you and I to come to him, to enter his rest, and join him in his restoration. They believed. Why? Not because Jesus showed up on their door, but she showed up on their, joy, their door. And because her testimony, because her life was changed by Christ, she became a change agent in her town, and many believed because of her. The church's responsibility is to speak the invitation that Jesus spoke to us in Revelation to come. It's a vertical, we, yes, we want Jesus to come, but if he doesn't come today, we have a responsibility, and it's to go and invite people to come, not to listen to a pastor, but to be in a relationship with Jesus. Come. You see, I sometimes go to the YMCA to work out. Some of you may know that. You've, you've seen me there. Um, and two years ago, I entered uh, into the Y, and I remember seeing uh, three gentlemen off to, off to the side working out, and these gentlemen didn't look like the, the typical Wabash County resident. Um, obviously a different ethnicity, obviously um, some differences in skin color and the way that we speak. And, and those three men, uh, I found out later, came from India to, to come to Wabash to, to, to work some jobs at some gas stations here in town. And some of you I know know them as well. Um, and, and in that process, as I saw those guys week in and week out, something was stirring in me. I knew that I had an obligation because every time I watched them walk into the YMCA, oftentimes they did their thing. They wanted to talk to people. You could tell, but no one really engaged, and they just kind of made their way out. There was a day just after quarantine was kind of broken a little bit that I went back into the Y. I don't often read my Bible at the Y, um, but I sat down on one of the machines, opened this very Bible, and began to read. Lo and behold, one of those gentlemen walks up to me, gives me that fist bump. Hey, buddy, that's what he said. What you doing? How you, how you doing? How you working out? Good? You look good today. That's what he would always say to me. And I'm sitting there with my Bible, and the Holy Spirit is telling me, have you told him to come? And I couldn't ignore it anymore. So I look up at him and I said, hey, AK, you wanna go grab some lunch sometime? His jaw drops. Yeah, I would love that. Two days later, we meet at Ninja Express. The restaurant's closed down 
because it's quarantine. So we literally ordered our food and sat in the tables out in front of the restaurant. And that day I got to tell AK about the one who says come. And AK didn't make a decision that day. And to this moment today, I still don't even know if he's made a decision. We text back and forth and he now lives in California. But he said something to me that changed my life. He said, Aaron, I've been here for two years and no one has ever asked me to do anything with them. And instantly I was mad. Where's the church, right? A gentleman's walked the streets of Wabash for two years and not a soul has invited him outside of his workplace to just dine with him and listen to him and get to know him. And then the Holy Spirit spoke again. Aaron, you've been here two years. Where were you? And tears just start running down my face as I am in my car after I had dropped him off. I was ignoring the responsibility of inviting a gentleman to come when I may have been the only one able to invite him to come. Church, 2021 is a year of rest and a year of restoration. We collectively enter God's rest and join him in his restoration of the world around us. It is a responsibility, but it's a Holy Spirit-inspired journey where more joy is found in the living water within us than anything the world can ever offer around us. Church, you and I are God's plan for this community. You and I are God's plan for the nations. We have rest to be entered and a responsibility to stand and walk in. 2021 is going to be a year of rest and restoration. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your word. Father, I thank you that your word cuts to the heart of who we are. God, and moves in us in a way that is living and active in response, in action and words. And Father, forgive me for when I have neglected the call and the responsibility to invite the people around me to come into a relationship with you. And Father, forgive us as we have neglected together at times that responsibility and set us on a, on a drive, on a passion, on a straight line to you in 2021 because we're entering your rest, Jesus. And we are joining you in what you want to restore in us and through us. Amen.